Houston Rallies is a movement created by the Lee Group, a Houston-based advertising agency, to help make a difference for the many other small businesses that are the heartbeat of our city. The Lee Group fully understands the struggles and trials involved with running a small business in one of the most competitive markets in the world. The Houston Rallies podcast, created in partnership with Radio Lounge, is a hub of information and inspiring stories directly from the small business owners that make Houston the great city that we all call home. From interviews with movers and shakers to thought pieces on best practices for advertising your business's specific services, Houston Rallies is your destination for advertising insight and inspirational ideas. Okay, welcome to the Houston Rallies podcast. My name is Mark Pereira. I am an account supervisor at the Lee Group. We are an advertising agency here in Houston, and we created the Houston Rallies campaign to shine a spotlight on local businesses who are doing great things during these crazy times. And today we're talking to Aspire Sales and Electrical Services. They're a woman-owned business that works in all areas of Houston, providing a wide range of electrical and generator services. Today on our podcast, we have Sandra Yanak, the owner of Aspire Electrical. Sandra, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to, to talk to you and hear your story and just learn about your business and, and kind of learn from you about how you've navigated being a small business owner on its own and then being a small business owner during a worldwide pandemic. So we're so glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be a part of this uh, Houston rallies and campaign and the Lee group is fabulous for doing all this for the small businesses. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, of course. So currently Aspire handles residential and commercial services ranging from repairs and remodeling to wiring and design. Can you talk us through how you got started through where you are today? Um, well, that was kind of a strange way because that is not my background at all. Um, I used to do actually annuities and insurance for Kelsey Siebold. But what that did was help me segue into helping a relative with insurance, their corporate insurance, medical dental. And they were also an electrical company and selling generators, Generac generators. So they were selling them actually through a third party medium. And that third party person indicated to them, why don't y'all just stop selling it through us, third party, become Generac dealers. So they didn't want to do it. So I just kind of thought hmm, that might be a great side job for myself and my daughter who was in college at that time, just some side income, you know, let's just start something different. So we started the business with our first generator sale and that was Aspire Sales LLC. And that was back in 2006. And we um, sold generators and we also used the electricians, contracted them out from the other company to install them. So we kind of had a, flow of combination of skills of our generators and then their electricians. Well, in 2008, he decided to retire and I bought the company. So it became Aspire Sales and Electrical Services. And I became the owner of a electrical contracting business <laughs> and became a state licensed electrical contractor. And gave up my other job. You know, at that time, I was kind of getting burned out with doing a lot of things. 
And this just kind of seemed like a normal, just move into it. And yes, it is a very male dominated industry with a woman being a electrical contractor. And it did have its, and still does sometimes, you know, of a ceiling there that I have to work through. But with my perseverance and, you know, this type of business is very customer centric. So as long as you show the individual that you know what you're doing, you provide quality work and customer service, it really shouldn't matter if you're male, female, whoever that owns this electrical contracting business. We grew it very fast. Um, we grew it in about four years to a million dollar company. So from our initial $30,000 2006 generator purchase. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Quite, the, quite the return on that initial investment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and we have kind of struggled here with the COVID-19. Again, it is customer related type of service. So people have to feel comfortable with you coming into their homes. You're a stranger coming in. A lot of people don't even like, they look at their family members coming in like, hey, did you scrub up? Did you spray you down before you come in? Let's introduce a stranger into your house. So the comfort level here is something that we work with, with our customers. Our customers that we've known for a long time, they don't have an issue with us coming in because they know that we are providing the best safety for our employees as well as our clients. So it's just that customer service of comfort level and quality service that they have known us for for many years. Our reputation precedes us with an A-plus BBB rating and, you know, um, our Google ratings and our referrals. We don't really do a lot of advertisements, so most of our business is word of mouth. And even the construction sites, because we have several products within our business, we do residential, commercial. Uh, we're a full service electrical contractor, residential, commercial. We do remodels, new construction, service, and we're Generac generator dealers, warranty, and installers, as well as we do a lot of computerized lighting type of products. So. We do a lot of diverse products within our company. So I love the that story of, you know, hey, let's try this out and see what happens. And then here we are. You've got this company for this long and it's a great company and it has a great reputation. And I think that that's that I think, you know, part of the mission of Houston Rallies is to not only shine a spotlight on, on small businesses, but to provide um to provide a source of inspiration to other small business owners out there. This is a scary time right now for, for anyone. And, and, but especially for those who own a small business who are thinking about owning a small business and it's a very daunting prospect. And so just, just being able to take that initiative and say, let's try this and see what happens and to see where that can lead. A lot of times it takes just that single leap of faith and then it really works out. You're very correct. It's a scary leap of faith. <laughs> a lot of times, I mean, you know, we've got, we all have gone through several types of issues. You know, we've had Hurricane Harvey and now the COVID-19 and a lot of businesses and people are still struggling from Hurricane Harvey. I mean, we had Ike actually, and then Harvey, 
then the downturn of the oil industry. So, you know, you got a one, two, three punch there. But, you know, I see a lot of resiliency in companies. And a lot of times I'm kind of really proud of a lot of companies, small businesses that are hanging in there because I think that's the true part of a small business is that you've worked so hard to get that business going. Yes, you're going to have setbacks, but you kind of fall back on what you loved about starting that business in the first place. And if you want to fight for it back then you did. So continue to fight for it. Be there recently in person. So what did you love about starting this business? What is that thing that you hold on to that you, when you got started, that inspired you to start the business that keeps you going even now? Um, I'm very customer people orientated. Most of everything that I've done before has always been customer service, um, just people person. When I worked in the insurance industry, I was always around a lot of customers, clients, helping them. Same with Kelsey Siebold when I went out to the physician's clinics and trained. Um, it's all been kind of personable people, and I love to be around people, and I love to help people. And again, I see a lot of industries that are not dominated by women-owned businesses and women providing services. It shouldn't really matter if you're a woman or a man or anybody and we've also tried to, um, I'm involved with a lot of organizations. I am a graduate of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business. And I was a uh, on the board of directors for the Women Contractors Association and board president, of which we have mentorship for young women um, in the construction industry at University of Houston. We're working with HCC, Prairie View that we mentor these young women that getting uh, degrees in project management, construction, architectural, that we really want to see them get out there and work in this industry. Don't, you don't always have to be in that clique of, you know, um, certain type of degrees. There's so much out there to offer in the construction field. And, you know, we also work with uh, the Small Business Development Center, SBDC, as well as now with Houston rallies. It's, it's kind of like a, not just an all girl membership, but I think everybody needs to really understand that deep down a business is really the true heart of a person. And a lot of times it's just also um, the, the being your own boss. You know, a lot of times it was just hard to work under individuals. I loved it. Don't get me wrong of the businesses I did. But, you know, sometimes it's the freedom also to make those choices, to make those decisions kind of of what you want to do and build your future from there. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about the 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 power and the um, just kind of the sense of ownership that you have where 100 percent of your successes are on you and 100 percent of your failures are on you. <laughs> You can't have rose gardens, okay, all the time. <laughs> true. But you learn just as much as from the failures as you do from the successes, maybe even more so. You learn what not to do and how to do things better the next time. And so I think the key is is brushing yourself off and getting back up again. Um, and so I think I, I, I think that's that's a really key important element of this is 
having ownership over what you do. And I think that that's really great. So you mentioned that you had a job in insurance before, and you mentioned, um, obviously, now you have an electrical business. Those seem like very different jobs. Are they different? How are they similar? How are they different? I know you talked about loving being around people, and I think that, that would be a similarity that they that they share. But what are some what are some overlaps or some things that are different that you had to learn? I don't know if there was really a lot of different things. Uh, I mean, both are service centric, meaning you are providing a service. You know, be it insurance policies, different policies that you're offering to individuals, um, and the electrical is kind of providing, it's also providing service, be it a diverse type of products like repairs or construction or generators. But I think, I don't know if there's really too much of a difference other than learning more about the electrical. As far as the generators, that was something I had to learn. I grew up in a small town. I grew up on a farm. I helped my father and my brothers and my sisters work on tractors, engines, <laughs> you know, things like that. So I can work on things. So doing a generator, every time one of our technicians comes in from the field, I will question them about, hey, what did you find out? How did you solve that? What do you think it was? And then I start looking up diagnoses. I start looking up things, the exploded view of a generator. Um, because I've kind of been questioned a lot of times from older individuals that think, oh, you're a woman, you're di- you don't know what you're doing. You just own the business, you know, with those little quotation marks. And they're kind of set back in their chair when I start talking to them about diagnosing the generator, what the issue could be, and the parts and everything needed. So that in itself was kind of a learning curve, because if I'm going to own a generator business or electrical, I need to know what I'm doing. I need to know what I'm selling, the products out there, not just be a figurehead. So that in itself is a little bit of a learning curve because I have to learn all about the breaking down of a generator and electrical. And I'm teaching my office manager. She was not didn't come from a background of that, but she can really talk to people now. She's learned a lot of things. And she's just like, a lot of times when I have a repairman come to the house, and they're trying to take advantage of me. She goes, I sit there and listen to them. And I just kind of explain to them that I know better and I know what you're doing. <laughs> she said, they're just kind of like, what? <laughs> what's the what's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months? Go, navigating this pandemic and and or even before that, what's what's the thing that surprised you the most? I think I, I think the surprise of a lot of things here are. Um, the tenacity of my team, um, you know, and and the mentors that I have, they want to keep the business going as well as I do, and they are improving ways to increase cash flow and obtain new customers. Um, and I think that's been a surprise to a lot of people is just the tenacity of your team, how everybody can adjust to things and adapt and really, really want to make the business grow and stay. I think that's so important. I think you really learn during times of pressure who your team is and and how you work together. And I think, you know, there, there's so much industry knowledge that you can have, but really that roll up your sleeves and, and get your hands dirty and, and really try to help out. That's what you really learn right. in times like these. Because, you know, let's face it, no business plan or business model that maybe you were taught in college or business school 
I don't think ever address this. <laughs> you know, you have COVID-19, you have the oil crash. I mean, it's just so much. And I don't think that a lot of people, you know, you have to have a good team with you, regardless of that business plan, marketing plan or the anything. If you don't have that core team, it's kind of like a cog in a wheel. If that one cog falls off the wheel, boom, you get thrown off. But just have somebody that you can always trust and you know that they want to help you continue the business and they love the business as much as you do. What's one thing, if you could talk to yourself when you first started Aspire, if you could give yourself a piece of advice or if you could tell yourself something, what's what's something you wish you would have known when you first got started? That you never really get to take vacations as an owner. <laughs> You're always working at the business or for the business, okay? Um, so, you know, you want, because you always want to keep your pulse on the business. And as an owner, it's really kind of hard to let go sometimes, even if you have those core people in place. Um, I think the most, that's the most of anything. It's, it's, the, it's very hard to let go. And it's very, it's very hard to let go to, um, okay, here, yeah, I want you to do this and I'm going to let you do this. I've been doing that a lot because after many years, you know, you do get burned out. Sure. And if you don't do that, you're actually, you know, you can work in the business, but don't work for the business constantly. Do be mindful of things. And I do do other things because I do volunteer and have for the past 15 years for child advocates, Fort Bend, working in the fostering community foster kids and other projects and things. So it's good to pull yourself away a little bit. And I think that's kind of something that I would tell my younger self or when I started this, even anybody, you know, always have an outside, outside area that you can, because mentally it gets exhausting, especially mm -hmm. now with this COVID-19 and all the loans you have to do and all the paperwork you have to do and just constant worrying it takes a very big mental hit on you so that's kind of take that vacation <laughs> you yeah. know take that long weekend do that <laughs> yeah so you, you mentioned your work as a, as a court-appointed child advocate and that's something that I wanted to ask you about because it seems like one of the things that I loved about your story is you don't just have one job <laughs> it seems like you've got four full-time jobs you're you're obviously you know you're you're, you're a mother you, you own your company you are on all of these boards and helping with you know helping advocate for um uh, women-owned businesses and helping being mentors for them and then you've got this you're a corn appointed child advocate talk to me a little bit about about this is a two-part question one talk to me about being a child advocate and what that means and what you do and two, how do you balance all of the many things that you do? Take that vacation. But you know, <laughs> um, you know, child advocates, I started that about 15 years ago. Um, I had actually about 10 kids that I have had. Um, they don't live with me, but I am a court appointed advocate, which means I go to court for these children. I am the intermediary between them their placements and CPS. Um, my youngest, who was seven, is now 22. So um, it was a family that I had for all these years and I still stay in touch with them. But advocating for these kids, it was something that I just decided 
uh, 15 years ago when I saw an ad in the paper. Never really thought about it. Uh, I've had a good life. My daughter had a good life. You know, my husband and I, everybody, we've had enjoyed a very good life. But then you start to think outside of the bubble. It's get out of that bubble, people. Not everything is white picket fences. You have food on your table. You have good things to do, clothes. Not everybody out there has that. And these children weren't actually, they were born into the situation. It's not their fault that they had this and born into it. So I did take the training classes and um, it's been very rewarding. Sometimes it gets, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes it really it gets emotional, the kids that you see. Sure. Um, you see a lot of bad things. <laughs> and you see a lot of abused kids. And it worries me during this COVID time that there's, you know, going to be an increase in maybe child abuse, domestic abuse, you know, because it just gets to be a lot of stress and strain in families. But it was very rewarding, especially when you see kids that don't have much. They graduate from school. They actually go to college. They actually get a degree. I don't care if it's a two-year, four-year, but that's a big, big achievement for them because not a lot of foster kids do that. That gets them out of the government sanctuary of, you know, um, on welfare, things like that. So if you actually have one child that graduates, goes to college, gets a degree in some form, they're going to get a good job. They're going to get out of the system and they're going to have a fabulous life. And that's very rewarding to see when that happens. And actually three of my kids have been on that trajectory. So They've gotten better lives. One uh, just had a baby, but I know that they're not going to be repetitive in that abuse situation or have their children taken away because they have seen a better way to live and have a better way of life. So that's the rewarding part. And that's what kind of hits you in the heart is I kind of started doing it because it was rewarding to me. But oh, my God, it's these kids have really affected me and my life and to see um, how rewarding it is for them because a lot of times they don't feel like they um, deserve it. And we just take everything naturally, normally. We have food on our table, we'll go shopping, you know, buy stuff. But these kids don't have that. And even once they become 18, they're just kind of like, okay, bye bye, you're out on the street. I can't think of one single person that. When you would leave from your parents to go to college or go to job all by yourself, that you wouldn't need a safety net to come back to. And they don't have this, but they have us as CPS. They have us as the advocate because we stay with them for many years. So you're their constant for all these years. They may have 20 CPS individuals. But you are their constant in all those 15, 20 years, and you can stay with them. But like I said, it's very rewarding to see these kids just grow up, have better lives, and move on. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, lo I love your passion for it. And I love you, you said my kids. And that really, I, I, that's, I really love that a lot because you can tell these are your kids. Um, 
And I think, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now, getting out of your bubble. Yeah, you, you have to get out of your bubble because that's what I speak sometimes at organizations like Coca-Cola, things like that on behalf. And, you know, I'm just sitting here and it's like, people get out of your bubble. You know, there is other things out there that you need to pay attention to. And not only just because of COVID-19, but, you know, you read every day that there's something out there. And all it takes is one person to step up and do that. That's all it does is takes one person to step up and change the trajectory of a child's life, even an adult's life. With, I mean, obviously you're so passionate about that. You have your business. How do you balance all of the things that you do? Do you not? I mean, it, it, it's it's so easy. I, I don't obviously. I'm not the owner of of the Lee Group, but I you know I have kids. I have things that I like to do. I have my job, and it's difficult for me to even balance those things. And I don't have to worry about how do you manage all of that. Uh, you know, I'm, okay, I'm a woman. I'm organized. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, it just it takes organization, and I, you know. As long as you love the job you do, you can organize your time. I do have yeah, one child, my husband and I, we have two grandkids, 11 and 5. We spend a lot of time with. And child advocates, a lot of people think that you have to be there so much. You can do it once a month, twice a month, court dates. It doesn't really take that much time to give your time for things like that. And that's how I look at it. I appropriate time because it's important and, you know, everything's important. It has its time slots. And yes, sometimes the balance gets a little bit, you know, teeter totter there, but um, it all works out in the long run. And everybody in my family understands about the child advocates as well in my organizations that I work with. So they kind of help out a lot and understand that it's very important to me. And to them as well, you know, for something like that and the business. So you got to have that good support group back there, too. So obviously this is, you know, we're talking about Houston Rallies campaign. You you work in Houston. You live in Houston. What What's your favorite thing about Houston? Um, well, I guess the diversity. You know, um, the one thing that I do love about Houston, and I did look this up before, is that... Um, the women-owned businesses in Houston, Texas, rank among the top 10 cities with the most women businesses. That's I did awesome. not know that until I looked it up one time, and I was very impressed that Houston and Dallas are among the top cities that actually love having women-owned businesses and really push to use women-owned businesses and push women to actually be entrepreneurs. So that's a good thing about Houston is the fact that they are a great city, not only for the diversity, but that they actually um, love small businesses being women owned, minority owned, veteran owned, um, LGBT owned, you know, and that's what's really important for a city to be open like that. Uh, At the core of Houston Rally's mission is providing specific ways people can support local businesses. What are some specific ways people can support Aspire Electrical? Just know that we are out there uh, ready to help them for any type of electrical and generator issues or construction. And, um, you know, we are running about 10% off of uh, all our business, our service rates. 
We are hoping that that's going to help a lot of individuals out there now with the layoffs or that they haven't been working. And, you know, um, so running a 10% off any service um, calls that we are doing. Um, referrals and reviews are an integral part of our business because we don't do a lot of ads. Um, and we think Houston rallies and Lee groups so very much for this opportunity that we're being given. I mean, this is a lot of dollars worth a lot of ads here. So, you know, just we have payment plans for our generators and just uh, like I said, just referrals and reviews are a very integral part. And again, I think it's going to be a lot the comfort levels that individuals are going to start allowing us more in their homes. Once they hear that individuals are out there, they are open for business. And, you know, we are doing everything possible to do the CDC protocols. We wear shoe booties. Our guys have masks, um, hand sanitizers, everything they possibly can do to protect themselves as well as our clients. So, you know, again, they can just pick up the phone and call us at Aspire Sales and Electrical Services at 281-242-2471 or email us at our website, Aspire Sales at AspireSales.net. And they can also go under our website and uh, request service at www.AspireSales.net. How will what you've changed during this time change your business going forward? I know you mentioned this following the CDC guidelines and, and safety and things like that. Is it what's 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 the next two years look like for Aspire? Um, I, I can I can tell you that I think it has given me pause to make sure I upgrade my technology to be able to work off site more. Um, that kind of caught us a little bit, but again, we are not really a type of business that you can do things and work from your home because we have files on individuals, paperwork, you know, I guess one day I'll have to scan all this stuff and that probably would be a good thing. Like I said, integrate more technology. I've been kind of slow to do that because, you know, you always put those in a back burner until something like this happens. Um, and to also continue building on Aspire's reputation and to continue to instill that trust and confidence in people that we have had, that we have worked so hard to do. Sandra, I want to thank you for being on this podcast today. I love, like I said, I loved, I wasn't the person who interviewed you on the phone, but I love reading your story. I loved learning about your story through my coworkers and through the, the, the feature story. Um, I've loved this time talking with you. Um, I, I, I know I've said I've loved 10 times, but your passion for what you do, um, both as a career and as your your how you give back to the community is is so evident in everything that you say and do. And so thank you so much for being on this podcast today. We wish you all the best of luck and um, we really appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate your time on this and I enjoy talking with you as well. And um, again, thank you so much to the Lee Group and Houston Rallies. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how everything turns out for this. And I as well have been emailing a lot of my organizations that I am part of uh, to push more people to go online to HoustonRallies.com and fill out that form and let them be reviewed and maybe um, interviewed by y'all because we need to keep this Houston Rallies going. Just keep 
keep snowballing along here because I think it's a very, very great opportunity and such a great program that y'all are doing for everybody. Thank you all again. <laughs> yeah, thank you for saying that. We've, we've had fun doing it, so we are, we're glad that you could be a part of it. Are you a local small business owner looking for some help connecting with potential customers? Is there a specific topic you'd love to hear more about? Visit our website at HoustonRallies.com and click Join the Movement. Fill out the form. We'd love to hear from you. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are strong. We are resilient. We are Houston.